you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Let's talk about Spartan. We know it can be hard to get motivated and off the couch, but throwing a date on the calendar gives you something to look forward to so you can reach your fitness goals founded in 2010. Fix that. Founded in 2010 by CEO Joe DeSena in Vermont, Spartan is the world's... Joey D! Hey, Joey DeSena! Is the world's largest obstacle race and endurance brand with 200 events around the world. Spartan provides you, this is wild what I'm reading here, Spartan provides you with an opportunity to push your body and mind as you hit the race course to battle obstacles like the barbed wire crawl, the spear throw, monkey bars, wall climbs of all shapes and sizes, just to name a few, and of course, Greg, the wrapping competition. The wrapping competition, emphasizing yeah. transformation through sport. Spartan offers signature race events for athletes of all skill levels, from uh, beginner to elite. Start training now to challenge yourself or race with friends. If you're looking for encouragement, turn to the community of 5 million who've crossed the finish line at Spartan events across the globe. Terra firma. Spartan.com backslash around for an exclusive offer to find a race near you and view training and nutrition tips at mm. Spartan.com backslash around. The Around the NFL podcast is in litigation over courtsofthunder.com. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis. I am joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Day two, show two from the owner meetings in Orlando. Oh, this is great. Anybody have anything to say? Day four, really. I mean, I, I'm getting a little wistful here. This will be our last, you know, production that we tape here 
in Orlando. We've had a lot of people come through here. We're going to drop some interviews on Thursday's show that we taped here today. we got so much content. How, how have you liked your time here in Orlando, Chris Wessel? You know what? It, talking to the coaches and the one GM that we spoke to, uh, it was more fun. They they are extremely nice guys. They are very football heavy in their interests in life. Maybe we could have gotten a few more, you know, outside interest comments and thoughts from them. Well, but they might not have them uh, if you're referring to some of the individuals. I think you are. Yeah, it they, might be they football. Might That's one of the takeaways I've had. Football twenty four seven. Yeah. We have him for 10 minutes, too. Mark, at any point, jump into the show. I'm just sort of I'm letting it all seep in. I think You know that you're on with us, right? I am on. Yeah, I, it's okay. funny because we're sitting in a room, and there's six seats, and I'm separated by two from the, the other three, and I do feel that way, And I, but I've had a great week. <laughs> I think we are showing the effects of, uh, you know, we've, we've been doing this for a, a few days now. There's been er, some early mornings. There's been not super late nights, but, you know, later yeah. than we would be back at home. Not cold town work, but also, you know, a bit of a grind. We've been grinders, like grinding grinders a little bit. I think we've been very tame on the party scene. Yeah, it's been tame. I'm just saying, I think you're seeing some of the fatigue showing up. We learned about each of these coaches. I mean, I I love these coaches from a distance, but I don't really know any of them. And I think it's cool that Hmm. we spent probably about 90 minutes plus with these guys. Yeah, I, I now feel like I know everything about all these men and like I can yes. make total judgments about their character and we're what's much closer to that season. point. It only t- it takes about 10 minutes. We, we're 10 much minutes. closer to yeah. be able to full judgment and being correct. And I judgment. entered central Florida Dolphins, Sorry, you're not making the playoffs. I entered central Florida playing football checkers. I exit a chess master. Wow. <laughs> all right. Coming up on today's show. Oh yeah. You know him as the uh, NFL network insider. Ian Rappaport's joining us. Good stuff. Uh, also, uh, you're going to hear from Les Snead, the general manager of the Los Angeles uh, Rams, as well as his wife, Kara, former NFL Network uh, employee and also uh, now married. Did I say wife? Yeah. Well, married I, to y- Les. Y- it is the nice same team. thing, hanging out with him as his wife, also married. Longtime anchor of NFL Total Access, was a reporter on NFL Network, you know, yeah. for newbies. Stud. And uh, also, don't forget about, oh, yeah, they call him the raging Irishman, Dan Quinn. <laughs> and he's like, I'm my own one-man bling ring. John Harbaugh. All right, let's get into it first, though. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> let's get into the news, though. And, uh, and, and to do that, we will uh, welcome in our first guest. Uh, let's do it. Here he comes now. He was at the combine. He did a nice job. So we said, grab him in the hallway. Bring him back. He is the heartbeat of the news operation for NFL media. He's in that select group, that forever fraternity, the insider. Ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rappaport, the rap sheet. It's hard to take it seriously with this music going on. I mean, I know like that was a good <laughs> intro and it was like drama and stuff, but it's really, <laughs> I feel like it's just like the beginning of like a love scene or like a redemption scene in an 80s movie you yeah. know Greg likened it to like a Skinamax feature <laughs> it really sounds like Yanni like through the looking glass it's funny stuff. you mentioned it does sound like the MacGruber love scene which is one of the most touching and just to make it clear to the shadowy league figures it is not from MacGruber 
It is from stock cleared uh, <laughs> music footage. I'm looking directly at a shadow with a finger. I mark into the eyes of. All right, rap sheet. You're the man with the news, and and you started Monday morning with a bang here at the owners' meetings. You were on Good Morning Football, and you tweeted it out. Uh, Odell Beckham and the Giants. It's it's turning into what I would classify as a tense standoff. Rap sheet reported Monday. Uh, on GMF that Beckham will not play without a new long-term deal. Uh, Ian, I'm going to quote you from that program. He's not going to set foot on the field without a new contract agreed to whether the, the Giants or whether anyone else. Interesting. <laughs> Your thoughts. Expand, please. Yeah, it's interesting Expound. because it really shouldn't be surprising, right? Like, we've known that it feels like it's a big deal, and when I heard it yesterday, I sort of took it like a big deal. It should be obvious. Like, of course, he's going to want a new deal. Of course, he's going to he's going to need security before he hits the field. You know, last year stayed away during most of OTAs, and uh, it was kind of a thing. You know, was it contract? Was it not? Like, of course, it was. Um, but this does seem a little different. And I think what like my read on this is is this is Odell's leverage. This is his. His only way to take control of the situation and try to like have some say, like, and if, like, what the Giants did seems pretty clear. Like they mentioned the words Odell and trade in the same sentence. Don Mara, their owner, their owner, here in front weekend. of cameras, not like didn't pull anyone aside and whisper it. It was like on camera with the lights on, on the record. And whenever you use those words together, you're going to get trade speculation. And he, I'm sure he knew what it was going to be, and so. You know, that to me signals the Giants are at the very least open for business, open to listen. Mm. And, you know, Odell's sort of way to handle that is to say, well, if I'm going to get traded, I'm going to make sure I'm taken care of and I go to some place I want. And so that's his leverage. And that's kind of where we are. You think they're trying to. (laughs) (laughs) You think they're trying to scare him? A little bit. I mean, like putting that out publicly. Who, who is trying to, to uh, Odell John trying to Mara, the putting that out publicly has to be a message at Odell on some level that hey, well, you're tradable. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, and I asked a Giants person that, just basically, like, was this sending a message? And the response was no. It was he knows where we come from anyway. Like he, if he doesn't get the message by now, then like, what are we doing? Hmm. Right. And so, I think it's beyond like. Call him in, give him a talking to. It's beyond send him a message through the media. At some point, it's like, is this going to work or not? And okay. I think that's kind of where they are. It's like, all right, are we going to go forward or say we had a great player and it didn't work out and he's ready to move on and so are we? And John Marr also had a comment where he basically said, I'm tired of talking about Odell's behavior. And it was, you know, he came here and pulled no punches. Well, and good it's luck like getting a contract done. He's going to want $20 million to be the highest paid receiver in the league, which makes sense considering what he's produced, but he's coming off of an injury and has all this stuff that the Giants aren't that happy for. Like, what are the odds they even could possibly come to an agreement? It reminds me a lot of the last time there was a super talented mercurial wide receiver uh, that was entering the final year of his deal. You go back to the year 2000, the Jets and Keyshawn Johnson had a standoff that was very similar. They almost get a deal done. It falls apart, and then the Jets Mm. uh, trade uh, trade Keyshawn to the Bucks for two first-round picks. Uh, which I don't think would happen today. No but, chance. No, but no, Odell no chance. also is a way better player than Keyshawn was, but Keyshawn was viewed as one of the top wide receivers in the league at that time. I'm wondering, I know this is, you know, you get excited. It's like, oh, Odell could be traded, but it doesn't seem crazy to me if they could get back 
something big, but we, we don't think it could be a, a bounty like that. 18 years. So about Browns, come on, Cleveland. So what? Well, and but then he'd have to want to go there, and he'd have to want to say like, "I'm Jarvis Landry's there." That's true. Yeah. Uh, there's also, and there's also a, a lot that's not there, though. Right. There's not a long-term quarterback there, and you can say they're going to. Dra- I mean, they're going to draft a quarterback, one or four probably, um, but you don't know who that is, and uh, you know Odell. I, I think his reputation is worse than he actually is. Like he doesn't seem like a guy who whines all the time about getting the football. Like I think that's. At this point, everything he does is magnified so much that I don't think he's really like this. However, putting him on the field with a rookie quarterback who's never played, like that's, you know, that's a gamble for him. Um, so, w- you know, would he even, would he even do that? And then let's like, let's say you're the Giants. You're not going to get two ones, but what would you be willing to take that would make it worth it to trade away a like generational talent at receiver? Like, what would actually make you say, all right, we. We're two, okay doing this. Two ones or a top five pick because Odell Beckham's the best receiver. Depends on keep him. Depends on your frustration level with the guy who's the most talented player every time he steps on the field. And you know, judging from beat writers over the past four years, what the Giants have said, what their coaches have said, this guy has to cause head ear splitting headaches almost every week. It seems like. Yeah, Mm. it's been like kind of fascinating because he's not definitely not a bad guy. Um, he's is, different. He's just different, right? Uh, like I, it's never been like, you know. I mean, we he had the the dog celebration thing, which was I think generally annoying, but not necessarily bad or mean spirited. Like you sort of had to get be in on the joke, and I don't think everybody was. So Planet Odell is, was in on like the the kicking net joke. He that was a big hit. That on became Odell. highly tedious very fast. But at least he embraced his like the ridiculousness but of no it. one's yeah. question is competitiveness no not one's at all his work he ethic. never it's, so, ne- it's never like so get it, over it you have a hall of fame player that you just drafted make it work i used to say that too but it is possible that these guys are so annoying to right. everyone that they come into contact with that you just can't take it anymore well let's track this we're going to continue to track mm. the beckham because it is kind of a fascinating subplot around the giants and speaking of the giants they made a big trade one of the Top players on their defense in recent years, Jason Pierre-Paul, JPP, uh, was traded to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, for a third-round pick in 2018, uh, number 69 overall. Nice, Wes. And the fourth-round pick, <laughs> number 108. Uh, the t- a fourth-round pick goes back to Tampa as well. Ian, I'll start with you on this one, too. Uh, was this something that was surprising around the league, or was it known that JPP might be on the block? It was known that the Bucks were looking for a pass rusher. Like at one point, I thought they were—I can't remember what day it was the combine—but like I thought they were going to trade for Robert Quinn, and then it ended up being the Dolphins the next day. But I—I I, I kept hearing that a Bucks deal was going to happen, and so I thought they were real close. And so then, you know, they—they they end up signing Vinnie Curry, but they're still kind of snooping, sniffing around on a pass rusher. And and this is one where like it. It's a big deal, and when it happens, like, whoa. But it actually makes a lot of sense. Not great scheme fit. You know, it makes a lot of money. Uh, he's not maybe quite what he was, although he's still really good. But I could see the value not making sense. It's just from the Giants' standpoint, like, you know, a third-round pick is good. Like, that's, that's like, a legitimate getting something back. But you're paying all the money this year also. Um, $15 million in dead money on New York salary yeah. cap. Clears two and a half million this season on the. You're saving cap. cash, and if you're the Bucks, like that, this is a move that an organization makes when the guys are worried about getting fired. 
I think. I mean, and which makes sense that Jason Light's been there. Uh, Dirk Cutter, you know, barely survived. It Mike feels Smith. like last year, and they, you sign Vinnie Curry. They have to win this year, and they sort of know it. And I don't think I think it's a good move for them. Actually, they get a, a that's been one of the worst positions in football for so long, and they get two pretty good starters. I don't understand how Curry. it's so how it's been so bad. Like they have talent. Last year, they had one of the best defensive line coaches in the NFL, who they ended up firing after a year. You know, and it's just, I mean, it's it's been surprising how they've struggled to make that work, and the whole defense struggled in general. It feels like someone on their defensive line, they just take turns getting injured every year. They're never healthy. Right. And their linebackers last year, too. Quan Alexander was out for a while, yeah. and Beckwith was out. But they've got they've got my attention now with this their front seven. Their lineup is intriguing. Now. I mean, they spent last offseason focusing on offense, adding plays, you know, players all on that side of the ball, and now they're doing it on defense. But you're right, Greg, if it doesn't work – I mean, it's surprising to a lot of people that the coach is there this year. Whenever a team sucks being on hard knocks, it's hard for me to get in on them the next year. <laughs> you didn't year. think they were good on hard knocks? <laughs> no, I thought they were great, and I thought they were promising. Oh, and they, and sucks. They oh it sucks after being yeah. – I thought you meant actually – because I thought that was a pretty good hard knock. Oh, knocks. yeah, no. I went After that season finale, I was like, oh, 19-0. No problem. <laughs> yeah. But it didn't work out that way. And they – in fact, quite the opposite. They were a dreadful team. Um, but uh, we'll see what but, happens with an improved team. the last two games, James was healthy – they had no players, and they looked pretty good. It's funny how those ga- those week 17 or the last couple weeks end up making such a difference. I think it helped, as we heard from Adam Gase. I think it helped uh, – uh, not from Adam Gase, uh, from Andy Reid. I think it helped the Patrick Mahomes and Alex Smith trade happen the way that Mahomes played yeah. week 17. And I think that Bucks win, because I've heard this from a few different uh, people talking in Tampa, the fact that they beat – New Orleans in a game that New Orleans had to win in a really exciting game. Yeah. Like I think it changed this season for the Bucks. I just wonder if Bengals too. Is yeah, that a Bengals good thing though to to focus your Probably decision not. on Probably one out of not. seventeen games? Well, look at Tony Khan was in here yesterday. I was just going to say this. And the yeah. Jaguars, you know, in two thousand sixteen, that December their defense was phenomenal. So you could see signs. Then again, I remember when Jamarcus Russell closed out the year with a fantastic stretch in December, and he was terrible that. the next year. So uh, we'll, we'll hear December from doesn't, you know, you never know. Hans has already moved on. We'll hear, we'll hear from – Hans uh, is like, can you just wrap it up like we're done talking about <laughs> No, Jamarcus it was good. Russell. All good points. I just want to point out Tony Khan will be on the show a little later today. Uh, next up in the news, and Dominican Sue still without a job uh, as of taping here on a Monday morning, but it's looking – Closer to a gig with the Rams, the New York Jets popped up heading into the weekend uh, with with the report that they had offered the most money. But then it was uh, announced by the Jets or Christopher Johnson, the team's CEO, talked to Mike McCagnan and they decided to rescind the deal. So now, Wes, it looks like Sue is back in it. And uh, Ian, on your uh, uh, you reported on Twitter that they are indeed the front runner. He hasn't ruled the Titans or Saints out, but those close to him are still open-minded. What's that all about? Yeah, I mean, I think... Bro. Bro. There you go. Who uh, are your who sources? Are your sources? <laughs> uh, Sue is a different dude, uh, and so I think people are very careful to be like, he hasn't made up his mind, like, yeah, he's leaning this way, and it looks like it could happen, but, you know, something could strike. It's just... He's just different. And the fact that he's taken so long to make his decision, I think he's probably driving everyone a little crazy. Um, but it does feel like it's going to be the Rams. I mean, I think their offer was good enough. Not the highest, from what I understand, um, but good enough. And, you know, it's going to be a lot of money regardless. I mean, it really is going to be a lot of money. Um, mm. And I think for them, you know, that's a really good defensive line anyway. 
and it's going to be really, really good. You think it's going to be like a long-term thing, or it's just a one-year, you know, more like a one-year, and we see? My guess is it's probably like a three-year. Mm-hmm. We're like guaranteed money into the second year. I mean, he's 31. I can't believe we're spending this much time on a 31-year-old defensive tackle with no sacks, but um, he did play well last year, so I don't know. It's it, I did not foresee this. Sue prolonged saga like this, but well, Mike McCagnan and Chris Johnson, CJ2K, that's what <laughs> yes. we like to call him. Why, why yeah. Or were they just CJ simply White. not on the same page here? It sounds like he swooped in and said, "No, no, no, you're not offering uh, this money." No, I, I think it was more like they weren't going to get him. You know, I, I think it was, and I sort of heard this like it. It the Jets thing came out. Sue actually said it a couple days ago, uh, but I think it was by that point basically dead anyway. Like they. You know, did they make an official offer? Like, I don't know if it really ever got to that point, but they were definitely interested. Bowles definitely talked to him. It was just like, he's not going to choose him. This is. Yeah, it was. Uh, Sue's camp was like, how can we use this to get more money from the Rams? Possible. Um, <laughs> yeah. Another so quick question Do you have female groupies being as powerful as you are? Um, question. I would say my my wheelhouse of groupies <laughs> might is, not make the final edit of the show, but interesting question. Okay, yeah. I would Throw say um, definitely older women. Um, you know, I like would grandmothers say, and yeah, grandmothers. grandmothers. I'm big in uh, here. Here's sort of my. They're into insiders. Here's sort of my people. <laughs> it's uh, older women, big in that demographic. Um, uh, I would say TSA agents. Really big there. Mm, wow. Um, sort of <laughs> people who deal with rental cars. I'm huge in that community. Um, these are sort of <laughs> like my, these are sort of like my people. Yeah. Um, there you go. Are you pleased with the answer, Mark? Yeah, I mean, it just <laughs> very strange I, man. It, it, it was a curiosity. Me or him? Uh, both. Both very strange guys. Uh, Les Need, by the way, coming up a little later on the show, so we'll ask him about the Sioux situation. All right, a little free agent roundup. We mentioned the Jets. Terrell Pryor agrees to a deal. Uh, with Gang Green, uh, Wes, uh, I know you like Pryor as a player, and you think he just needs a fresh start after a lost season in Washington. And I just need somebody competent throwing him the ball there. Yeah, this wasn't my favorite match for player and team, but the Jets to me got a talented receiver, uh, and whoever is their next quarterback, I guess Josh McCown will be throwing to him. That's a nice receiver core if Robbie Anderson stays out of trouble. With Jermaine Curse had a pretty good year last year. It's got to be uh, tough for West to watch one of his favorite quarterbacks and favorite wide receivers it. throwing the ball to each other on the Jets. He might it. have to change change his opinion. <laughs> I really enjoy it. I wouldn't say Josh McCown is one of my favorite oh, quarterbacks. Come on, come on. Uh, the Dolphins continue to uh, make interesting moves. Frank Gore, the 35-year-old running back, uh, signs a one-year contract with the Dolphins. Minimum. Rap sheet. The minimum deal. Minimum deal. And uh, Brock Osweiler, uh, who he's got to be approaching NFL record territory for how many teams he's been on in you know x amount of time what do we have to is it four teams in 18 months? four in a year four and yeah it's a pretty year plus yeah. how about that Your minimum deal on, also a minimum deal for frank gore i guess, I guess and Brock. is it just no guarantees that he'll be on the team but frank gore gets a shot to continue his uh, career. i think from what i understand frank gore was like i want to be here what will you give me okay fine let's just do it like nothing I, okay not, right i mean and like that's home you know, I think they could be good. I think they're going to be good, probably like they were two years ago. Um, you know, we'll see what they do in the draft, but I think they're going to be good. And so he was like, let's just let's just make it work here. And I'm sure his agent kind of was like, oh, okay. Like, you know, because you, you could have 
Could have kept him longer. Could have kept him out last year, like Adrian Peterson. We were discussing at draft week. You know, is he going to get two million or three million? But I think Frank was just like, let's just do this. Like, find me a job. Let's go. You know. Alan Hearns signs a two-year deal with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, rap sheet has a two years worth twelve million. Does this affect Greg, in your opinion, the Des Bryant situation at all? No. I think all the contracts that came in this year kind of helped Des Bryant when Paul Richardson is making. 18 million, 20 million guaranteed. Marquis Lee's making eight or nine. Suddenly, Dez is 12 and a half million this year. Didn't look that bad. And like Alan Hearns is a secondary receiver. Right. And Dez is making, what, 12 and a half million? 16 cap number, though. Cap number, but that's ultimately the cash that they're paying out. Like, they need they need someone else. Alan Hearns isn't a bad guy to who take gets a shot benched? Who gets benched with Dallas? Where does he play? I, I, just, I just don't see the fit. Terrence Williams? No. They just uh, paid him, what, yeah, two off-seasons ago? And the salary is guaranteed. I, I, my guess is Cole Beasley ends up being the odd man out there. Um, Interesting. They because drafted, he had a really good year in 2016, but didn't of, do anything right. last year. Like I, I'd be curious if they talked about possibly dealing him around draft time. Like I feel like hmm. that will be a sort of buzzy name where they drafted his replacement probably, make some money, slot guy. Like I could see that being discussed. Uh, Traymon Williams also returns to the Packers on a two-year $10 million deal after a short, forgettable stint in Cleveland. That's what's happening with the free agent roundups. And then finally, uh, Bennett brother news, and there's a lot of it. And oddly, <laughs> it broke on the same day. Two very different stories. Oddly or? <laughs> you, th- you think Strange. Martellus Bennett was trying to change the story? Well, let's get to the stories. We'll start with Michael Bennett, who was ind- indicted on a felony charge in Texas, and this dates back uh, to moments after the alleged incident, alleged incident, moments after the Patriots and Michael's brother Marty won Super Bowl 51 uh, over the Eagles. Uh, the Harris County District Attorney's Office accuses Bennett of injuring a 66-year-old paraplegic woman who was working to control access to the field during the game. Prosecutors claim Bennett injured the victim after he pushed his way onto the field after being told to use another entrance for field access. Uh, let's start here. Uh, Isn't the upset of this that Hanses didn't get this on video? <laughs> I feel like that's sort of like that would the, That would have been my scoop. But I was busy, as you recall, at that Super Bowl, breaking big news as right. the AT&T insider. <laughs> uh, but why, is this ta- why did this take so long to become a case? That's my, my first takeaway from it was. I mean, there is a... I don't know if this is true or not, if he's guilty or not. I know he was indicted, but I don't know if he's guilty or not. That said, there are a lot of legitimate questions about this. Just logistically, like, you know, you make a big deal of it, NFL player gets indicted, but you spend 13 months trying to get here. Like, I'm sure there are other priorities, but stuff must have been really important. There's no video. There's a lot. There's a lot like, about it, including they quickly sort of changed the word or made clear with the wording that he actually never pushed the woman, and they sort of tried to pin down the sh- and the sheriff's com. Everything about it is very questionable, but it'll play out, and it's one of those things. Or, or how about this? Kind of like the Darrell Revis news a year ago, where I feel like yeah. it made a splash, and then eventually it just wasn't a story anymore, and he nothing. You know, Except he was found not guilty. He was indicted and. Right. We'll be t- but, like, how about this? When it happens, you know, the paraplegic person is injured. There's no commotion? I'm not saying the person wasn't injured. I'm just saying, like, you call an ambulance when someone is 
paralyzed and injured? I don't. There's just. I mean, in general, on the field after a Super Bowl, there's a lot of commotion anyway. It could, I mean, who knows? I, but I don't know. I just yeah. yeah I, it's a strange I, case. And H- Howie Roseman is going to talk today, and I'm weird. very curious what he what he ends up saying about this. Yeah, and uh, Marty Bennett on the same day that this comes out announced that uh, he was retiring to uh, take on like a full time role in. I'm always a little confused what he's doing. He's the founder of the Imagination Agency. It's something to do with animation and children. Uh, But Marty Bennett ends his career after 10 seasons, bounced around a lot, and uh, a disappointing final season where he thought he was catching a ton of passes with Aaron Rodgers, goes to the Patriots, and that doesn't work out, and he had an ugly exit from Green Bay. Uh, But a nice career mark as a uh, really talented pass-catching tight end. And a more intriguing personality than maybe even a good player. I mean, but he, he we talked about him on the last episode that he kind of broke out with the New York Giants after starting relatively slow in Dallas. And I think, you know, I've taken a little bit of a look at some of this animation stuff that he's up to, and he's legitimately talented. So Children's we'll see. Books, yeah, yeah, we'll see what, what happens there. Is he the animator? I really got to dig in on this. I'm not, I'm not plugged in. He I is will the go animator. To, I will go to Ian for the further details on Ian, that. Ian, uh, the, the source on this. Um, my favorite thing about Martellus Bennett is you never quite know what in the world is actually going on. So when he puts <laughs> out this statement, I get an email from our desk being like, hey, you know, we think he's retiring. Can you confirm? And I'm like, okay, like I'll just double check, reach out to his agent. And he says, I don't know, man. <laughs> like, so is well, that the real report? Here? He, was, he, was on, he was on the bill. No, like Pelissero emailed him and he was like, yeah, I'm retiring. I'm like, okay, well, then it's good. But I, the agent was like, I don't know, I hadn't heard. I'm like, well, he put out a statement, I think. Like, I'm pretty sure it's retirement, but you're never quite sure. Could it be like, I don't want to do training camp, but I will sign with someone on August 28th or something? I think when he go, he'll. I don't know where he's going to go, but it's going to be someplace. I'm sure he will be unreachable in someplace weird in August. <laughs> he was on the Bill Simmons podcast last week. It was a really interesting was it? episode. It was the two brothers together, and he they, he was talking about football in a way you would have never thought that he was going to retire that mm. week. I I'm not sold yet. Nor am I. Let's see what happens. I always always will think of him as a guy that c- could have and. Almost caught the game-winning touchdown in what would have been the greatest play in uh, Patriots history, maybe from from Tom Brady. He talked about how him and Tom talk about that all the time. That Tom really, Tom Brady really regrets not putting the ball up a little higher. What are we referring to? The, a- the play that would have won the Super Bowl against the Atlanta Falcons. They called pass interference. It set up the James White touchdown, but he uh, just the play before. Wait, so you're wistful and you feel bad. They're wistful. That you They're- didn't get a chance to experience. I'm not. He he. The game-winning touchdown play before the game-winning touchdown. No, but play. if you what were a life. Yeah. what a life. Another sliding doors <laughs> example for a tough luck franchise. <laughs> I couldn't care less. But imagine if you were Tom Brady or Martellus Bennett. Wouldn't that? Wouldn't that just be? Of course, it was Marty great. Bennett but you would think for sure. Yeah, yeah Tom right. Brady's not going to have enough highlights on his <laughs> Hall of Fame video. <laughs> All right, Rapture, Rap- you, you got to get back in the lobby. You're moving and shaking. Oh yeah. And this is the money time. Got a lot of people to stalk. It's yeah, getting busy exactly. out there. So thank you for coming on. We appreciate it. And uh, God, you're in that fraternity, bro. And once you're in that fraternity, you're in there for life. All those hurts agents. <laughs> Elderly ladies, hurts agents. Alma. TSA dollars. Ian Rappaport, follow him at Rap Sheet. I know you already do. National. All right, there goes Ian. Off to break some news. 
But we keep going. And yes, we just talked about Indomitian Sioux and what's going on. So what great timing that we now get to speak with the general manager of the team that everyone is connecting the big defensive tackle to. Let's throw it to that conversation. All right. This is different. This is special. Uh, now joining us in Suite 105, he's the general manager of the Los Angeles Rams, the surging Rams, Les Need, and with him, his lovely and talented wife, Kara Henderson Sneed. Welcome to the Around the NFL podcast. Thank you, guys. I can't believe this is the first time that I've, I've been on here with you guys. I've admired you for so long. <laughs> it's, it's been great, like, working with Kara and now seeing Kara at League events that we bumped into you at the Rams playoff game, had a great conversation, and uh, and now Les and the, and the Rams are like one of the big teams in LA, and it happened really quick, Les. So I ask you this, yeah. you use the word surging big, how come <laughs> yeah. when you you introduced her, she got music? You know, it, oh, was, you like, it was, was like Rick, it was like Rick Flair coming out. It was the music okay. was for no, Les, team Actually, Les' suspicions were correct. That was... Yeah, I, I think yeah. that, that was, was my produced. Song. <laughs> yes. I've requested that's like, music. That's like the first couple of Los Angeles football music. Ooh. How do you like that? Do you like, do that? You like me known as that? Can we start that? I want to go with the uh, Keeb Tlaib line, and you know, I don't do nicknames. Okay. <laughs> that's for you guys. <laughs> All right, All very right. good. Hey, while, while we're here, and we, we have a bunch of stuff to get to, but uh, there is some news. We had Rap Sheet on the show earlier today, and we were talking about Dominican Sue and how the Jets very publicly rescinded their contract offer. Everyone's saying, looks like it's the Rams. Can you give us anything? <laughs> Confirm it. What, what I did do is tell uh, Ian to let me know when he finds out. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I can confirm. What's and, and I was just getting a text, so it could have been Ian, and he might have found something out. But oh, Feel well, free to well. check it. I mean, if you want to do some breaking news of finding out Sue signed on the podcast, that'd be fantastic. It's probably best not to. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I on that situation. Tried. Do you want me to check it, and then I can break it, and it's Absolutely. just like old days? <laughs> we go. I think it's a TA. great idea. We go. Yeah. Um, and we were, you know, and Dominican Sue, a different type of guy. I know you're in the midst of potentially working things out with him. Like, what's it like been talking to Dominican Sue? Like, in talking about a potential deal and all that can you give well, us it was the, always a fun thing about getting to know a player is you bring him in and and hey we play footballs it's it's what what can we do as a team to help you accentuate your skills and what can he do to help us so it's always fun to bring someone like him in and say okay with wade phillips a 3-4 defense he's always played in a 4-3 hey and let wade and his staff explain to him hey this is how we're going to use you in base, in in nickel, and in, in some of the situations when you get into nickel or the when you're rushing the passer, what you might be able to do with mm. him partnering with Aaron Donald. So th those are the fun things to talk about football and culture, and and do we provide what he's looking for, and does he provide what we're looking for? You go out to, to eat. It. You go out to eat at all while you're there. We did go out to eat. Where, so, so yeah, I'll, I'll give you the I'll give you the, the the good story. That was a great GM answer. And you guys are like, okay, it is now, about football. It this, is about football. This is why Kara gets the music, right? And so, <laughs> and it is about football. I mean, you go through all of this, and you can get involved in this and that, and then at the end of the day, you're like, okay, but what is he going to do on the field with Aaron Donald, and how does he help our team? But we went out. Uh, we had done an event together, and then we stopped at the the dinner uh, when he came into town with his girlfriend who is so cool by the way she's like six foot two she played basketball Whoa. she's amazing mm. so i spent my night talking to her but we had in we had uh stan Kroenke, josh Kroenke, kevin demoff so 
we had, you know, Sean McVay, we had the whole group assembled at uh, Nobu, you were asking, mm. in Malibu, which, I mean, if you're going to take somebody and you're not messing show them yeah. L.A., like, yeah. that's where you're going to do it. So Les and I walk in the front door. It's about football. <laughs> <laughs> Les and I walk in the front door, but we're still recruiting at this point, and we walk in the front door, and there's James Corden. Like, literally, mm. like, we bump into him at the front door, and Les says, hey, good to see you again, because he had done a skit where he was uh, an L.A. Rams cheerleader at one of our games, and quickly became clear to us wow. that he doesn't know that much about football and doesn't so right. we're sitting here trying to wait do we bring him back to meet and Dominic and Sue or not or he's even going to understand he's very LA he, he didn't so yeah. we just let him go on and have his dinner and then you pass by a table and there's David Spade and Chris Rock and you're like oh my gosh like this is <laughs> this like is perfect LA fever dream if you're going to parade you know, and Dominic and Sue. I through thought the there. story was going to end with you guys doing carpool karaoke with Sue in the front seat, <laughs> and you guys. In you know what? That would have actually been. Uh, see, we needed you <laughs> he there. He would have signed by ideas. now. <laughs> yes, he probably probably would have liked it. But it was a it was a really fun dinner, and you know, you could really see, and you anybody who follows and Dominic and Sue has seen, you know, him with. Uh, Buffett and you know how he's interested so he and Stan were really getting into some you know some deep conversations and that's the kind mm. of guy um, that he is and the great moment and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a little bit of thing away the great moment of the night <laughs> was just when, waiting for this no he knows what I'm gonna say yes. the great moment of the night is uh, Stan pulls his chair over right next to Indomitian and he goes okay now I'm gonna play the part of of uh, Indomitian's agent and I'm gonna ask some tough questions so then he started peppering questions to Sean to answer for mm. Dominican, and it was hilarious, Ooh. and it was fun, and it was, you know, it was a great night. But it, um, you know, he's a really, really interesting guy who has a lot of broad interests, and uh, obviously very analytical. As we sit here on day number, what of the Indomitian quit counting, so yeah, <laughs> quit counting. <laughs> I spoke to his mom for a Mother's Day piece, and she informed me that he was like a killer Lego talent as a kid. So if that helps with your scouting at all. <laughs> was a pure talent at the at the building even at a young age. So I'm trying to think how that relates. I, I just I, I saw we try like to a take great like left turn humble brag by Mark. I was talking to <laughs> oh, his never. mother. <laughs> was like that's pretty good. Part of the job. <laughs> well, he was also obviously a big soccer guy. I mean, we all remember yeah. when he. I think it was at the game when he missed the extra point when he had to kick the extra point, right? Yeah. Oh my um, goodness. So he. Um, you know, he and Stan obviously could bond on that too. He's a big Arsenal fan. I'm just so impressed Stan Kroenke can do improv. You know oh, he I mean? was <laughs> no. See, that's what you guys don't understand. He, Stan really is good hilarious, at that. and he is when you get him in a situation like that, like he's a fun, dynamic person to talk I to. I feel like if he signs, it'll be because of all those celebrities that were. That's at least how I'll put it there. I mean, that that's L.A. coming through for you. Like when I was like 22 years Maybe old, a friend visited me in L.A. Well. He's like. And he was like, can you bring me somewhere maybe a celebrity would be? And we went to the newsroom, and Jennifer Love Hewitt was at the table next door. And, like, I was a hero for life right there. And I think that's the same thing that's going to happen to you. Hmm, very interesting. I like that. Well, so <laughs> is he waiting for more celebrities? Like, so no, like you know, we were 22. Like that, was okay. it. that was the most exciting. What about <laughs> one th less with, with the team? And I respect it because there's a lot of GMs. Like, you guys really um, had a nice season last year, got to the playoffs, didn't work out against the Falcons. But – it seems like you have this great core in place. Some front offices might kind of sit tight, but you have went the route of making changes, making big decisions on players. Uh, coming out of that season, did you still see the team as very much a work in progress, and that's why we've seen so much, so much action and free agency? Excellent question. I think it's a complicated answer, but no doubt last year was fulfilling. And, and the fulfilling part of that's, hey, 11 wins, 
NFC West champions. But I think after successful seasons, you really, to move forward, you need to take a step back and go, okay, why did we lose five? Why didn't we host a playoff game? Why didn't we get a bye? How can we make sure that we repeat as the you know division champs, not just rest on your laurels? And those are you got to be very critical. You need to take some time, and 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 get away, and and get the emotions out of it, and sit back. How do we get better? And one of the one of the reasons I think coming into the seventeen season, we said goal number one was find the right head football coach. I think we got that done right. Goal number two, fix the offense. The offense has been our Achilles heel. So, obviously, think we got that done. Didn't plan for it to go from one to, or 32 to one or whatever. But we did, we always knew, all right, hey, let's don't forget about the defense. Let's don't forget about the special teams. But I think coming into this year, if you, if you know, bold it down to one goal is let's make sure that our defense keeps up with our offense. Because our offense is young and our defense – was there were some aging parts and there was also some parts that weren't the best fits for for Wade's scheme and and he's in charge over there he's proven to be very good and if we can get that that defense up to his speed then we got a really good chance to, to do some of those other goals last year there was a lot of talk about Sean McVay being in Jared Goff's ear uh you know with 30 seconds on the clock and then talking him up to the line of scrimmage on one hand we think okay that's kind of new and this is part of the reason behind golf success. On the other hand, coordinators have been doing this for a while. How much of this was revolutionary and how much of it is just um, typical NFL quarterback? Well, I, I think you're right. It, you, have, you have up until 15 seconds to, to talk to your QB. That's why they put the, the, the QB to coach system in the helmets to do that. So I think it's nothing – that's revolutionary, but I like like anything. There's 32 different head coaches, 32 different offensive coordinators, and how they utilize their time with the QB before the snap is probably where the differences, you know, occur, where edges are gained or not. And and, and really, really good coaches take advantage of that. Was there? You mentioned there were some guys maybe not great fits. Was that the decision with trading uh, Alec Ogletree? Because you had just given him an extension. I know he was you know, very highly thought of as a leader. That was probably the one that I think probably surprised Rams fans the most. Yeah, it was that one. I can say this. Great leader. Great human. We re-signed him because he was one of our best football players. But when we sat back and, and really analyzed, talked about, discussed, what makes Wade's defense go is the corner position. And interestingly, we did the Marcus Peters trade before we did the Aqib turtle Talib trade, but once Aqib became available, how do you fit him within the parameters of your salary cap with, with other things like Aaron Donald extension and things like that coming down the line? Sometimes you have to make sacrifices to, to get gains, and that's how that occurred. As, as we set out this offseason, we said, look, we need to solidify the corner position, whether that's bring back Tremaine Johnson. Because we got, we got some young players we like, but there's some injuries there whether that's drafting someone. But we knew we needed to solidify that position, and then once we came up with that, that vision, that goal, we, we attacked the offseason, and, and every now and then there's some adjustments you make halfway. The NFC West is kind of interesting right now because, to me anyway, and we've talked about a lot about it on the show, it seems to be in transition, and the Rams uh, surging. I just like that word. I like connecting surging to your organization. That's cool, right? <laughs> that's a good verb. Yeah, yeah. Is that cool. a verb? Surging? No, that's an adjective. Uh, uh-oh. I'm not. You're Duke. Tell me <laughs> what the heck surging is. Like, is. Is that a transitive <laughs> verb? I've yeah. got, like, this bubble over my head trying to figure it out. I wasn't going to bring up Duke today, by the way, Kara. But oh, now, man. since your thanks, husband did. Thanks. 
It did Less. come up. Can we so bring just up so Auburn too, because here, at least well, you went to you a better know, school than all of us. But here's what's in my it. office, right? It, it's I got a nice frame, and it's a Duke diploma or degree. That'll be you know, and and people always go, oh, you went to Duke, and I go, no, always read the fine print. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's it's got true. her name on it. So the Seahawks, we got so used to them being the powerhouse in the West, and they're a team in tra- transition. The Cardinals. It's hard to make sense of where the Cardinals are right now as a team. And the, but then there's the 49ers who, if, if I were a betting man, and I'm not because I work for NFL media and Can't be. prohibited, uh, that feels like the new rivalry uh, on the rise in your division. How about that? A little Rams-Niners for the next six to seven years. <laughs> it's interesting. that Anybody in your division is always a rivalry, so I'm not going to single out right. as much fun as this would be. Uh, those guys because yes what I can say that I respect about what Kyle John that organization's done is hey they've attacked you know their offseason they've tried to get better they're trying to come you know take the division crown but on the other hand yes the Seahawks may be in in some sort of transition as every NFL team is but they still have what makes them go and that's Russell Wilson at the end of the day i that guy makes them go. That's been their heart and soul. And their defense has been their heart and soul. But Russell's a tough out, and they still have him. And as long as he's there, they're, they're in it. They got a chance. And, and I think that, you know, I, what I really respect about the Cardinals is they hired a really good, I think, head football coach that's going to rep- have to replace. That's big footsteps yeah. to go in mm-hmm. and, yeah. and replace uh, Coach Arians and his staff. But I think, you know, like any team, they're fighting. They're, con- you know, they're going to try to contend. There will be some rivalry elements, though. I mean, I think it's a lot of fun when you, you know, poke Sean about it because he and Kyle are like right. brothers. Mm. Yeah. And they they are very competitive with each other. And it's hilarious when I you get start them confused, down. actually. So it's good that it's a little more because <laughs> now they're. You mean it rivals, just when you yeah. see them? They're just like, is that the same guy? No, that's that. That's Kyle. No, that's him. Yeah. They don't look confused. anything alike. I know. Well, it's this is on Dan's me. working. We, we yeah, saw you at the playoff through. game. When Chris and Dan and I were there, and I know the and result. And I was pacing because well, it, it was, was not. Halftime. It was. It was. It was a tough. It was a tough moment. The thing I would say, though, I because you know you came from NFL Network, but you seem to be having the time of your life watching. Because when you when you guys linked up, the Rams were not a surging team in the same way. You guys were growing, surging. and so I'm wondering. Y'all never used the word growing. <laughs> okay, you were you <laughs> that, were that. you were a work in progress. But I would wonder for you, what is it like to go to suddenly be linked to one team where your Sundays are so much about it, oh. and to not be viewing it as how, a broadcaster? How long do we have? Um, <laughs> what, however you know, much you want. No, Take so th- there's a. Kara didn't use the word work in progress. <laughs> it's, <either>. um, <laughs> it's interesting. I I think in one way it was like I went to uh, graduate school to then be married to a general manager. Sometimes I'm sure he wish I didn't know as much because I go home and ask, you know, all the tough questions that that you guys, he has a press conference and he better tell me the truth. (laughs) Um, So I always tell people it's like the iceberg effect when, you know, there's only 10% above water. That's what I found out going from reporter to um, being on the inside is before I was like, oh yeah, I've got this. I know everything and I'm gonna report everything I know. And I'm like, I didn't know anything. And I was still reporting everything I know. Now I know everything and I can't tell anybody anything. Mm. But I love being a fly on the wall for, you know, we were in Hawaii when the uh, Marcus Peters trade went down and I'm just sitting there, I'm like, you know, uh-huh. what's going on? What are we doing? Well, who's, you know? And so <laughs> I, it's, I, get to, I get to now live it. And you were saying I was having the time of my life it's awful. I, I mean, it is actually. awful. Yeah. yeah I mean, I'm sitting here. I'm pacing. Yeah. I'm like, 
you know, it's one thing to have all your adrenaline before and after a game when you're covering it, but when it's in it and you have zero control over the outcome and it's your whole life, it is so difficult. We're at the owners' meetings. They just had this amazing, amazing panel um, with, uh, you know, some of the women who are the founding mothers, um, owners of uh, um, the NFL, and you got the sense there. You're sitting there watching it, and you're like, wow, they showed their timeline, and you're like, I'm in the middle of this timeline when you're just literally in it to win it. Mm. And, like, it, it, as much as it's, like, the most painful thing you can go through, mm -hmm you know like this is the time of your life you're gonna look back on. And this is the time where, you know, and, and now when you start winning and, and you've been through the lean years, gosh, it means so much. And, you know, when you've been through so many losses, you know, you, you really, you know, bond with the people you go through this with. And it'll be that way for the rest of your life. So you it's a it's a pretty poignant thing. You better be taking notes for that book you're going to write in a few years. You know, I have a book <laughs> in mind, I, and and it's it's it'll be a, it'll be a good one. It's called Fathered by Football, and it's um, it's about all the coaches that Leston grew up with a dad in his life, and really the the football raised him, and the coaches mm. raised him, and when you go through all the different coaches and and you know what they taught him about being a man and you know living your life well like that's what football can do i mean i know football can take some hits but when you see firsthand in your life what it can do for someone like you can take the opposite um position as well love that book i would read it follow-up book all the secrets i know yeah the 90 percent of the iceberg I, I at one point thought i was going to write a book called i've seen tom brady naked but you know i that think would that would sell it would you know, move you. It's that's, that is would probably the best. The <laughs> yeah. If you want to sell it, that's yeah. probably the best way to go. Yeah, it wouldn't be, you know, I'd, I don't know that that's going to be the one. Before I think Fathered by Football might be better. Les, I know you're very busy, so we got to let you guys go. And Carrie, I know you're busy as well. I'm really we're not. Are you guys going to go work out People. again to get today together? Is there any rivalry there, by the way? 6.45 no, a.m. We, we saw you guys going to the gym very no, early well, in the morning. What we didn't tell you was we actually never made it to the gym. <laughs> but because we, we ran into Sean, and Sean had just come from the gym. So we actually got the shine off of Sean having worked out, and we were that in works. workout clothes. Right. And the secret to me, if I have, if I have not worked out in the morning, the day just gets awfuller and awfuller mm. and awfuller. And mm. yeah. at some point, that's why I so was. So this interview thinking, is like that third awful right now. But, and that's yeah. why <laughs> I was trying to look at the <laughs> afternoon session and go, okay, what can I skip to steal that workout? Got to right. sneak out, yeah. All right, before we let you guys go, it is the crucible portion of this interview. It is <laughs> eight o'clock delight our speed round. You ready? You know what crucible is, right? I can figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard. Here it's we go. The, it's the tough thing. Hit it. Netflix and chill or dinner and a movie? Netflix and chill. Favorite hip-hop artist? Either of you, Charlie. Yeah. Who, who's supposed to go here? Well, you can go. I'm, I'd love to hear it. Yeah, oh, hip-hop artist. This is real. I'm gonna, is is Jay-Z one? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yes, Jay-Z. Yeah. Hip-hop artist. I, I mean, I'm, I'm into Travis Scott these days. Okay. Mm. Greatest SNL cast member? Will Ferrell. Did Oswald act alone? No. <laughs> Have you ever seen a ghost? No. I think so. Where? Me too. I'm to be continued. Both. To uh, be continued. Okay. Can the kicker be the coolest guy on the team? How about? If you, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, if he makes the game winner. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Most important jewel song. It's Ooh. up to you, Care. I can't remember. The that answer song. is Foolish Games. Name a movie you've seen at least <laughs> seven correct. times. 
seven times. Yeah. Glory. Don't say game film. Rocky. <laughs> uh, Les, this is for you because I respect your hair so much. Preferred hair care product. I look up to you, Les. Whatever jail I ran out of this morning. He ran out of it this morning. <laughs> and I'm getting nervous <laughs> about tomorrow. But you know what? Who has better hair in the league other than you? Really? Ryan Pace. We were just discussing this really? while they were taking mm, the GM picture. Hair rivalry. Pace yeah, hair he rivalry. Won. He winning. won. Wow. I can admit Finally, that. what does Kara do when she needs a little Kara time? Oh, that's, that's a great question. Um, she, are you asking it, me or him? I have a lot of Kara time. I don't know if you well, guys like know. The, I retired. What is your <laughs> I have way too much Kara time. What does Les think Kara's Kara time is? I think, well, her time, she <laughs> loves during her time is reading. And she can read a book really. There's about three a day she can read. That's what so during the course of a week, it's 21 books and makes me a lot smarter. So that's probably what she does <laughs> in her time. Uh, that's her time. All right, hold up I your need card. A job. But she not date I time. Need a job. No, that's <laughs> no. It's uh, it's it's very true. I mean, that's all I do is read, and that's what we talk about. How the things that I read relate to football. The answer though is you should be writing that trashy tell-all. <laughs> See, but it's yeah. not that trashy. It's just got the name to hook. It's like clickbait. Uh, it yeah. is just clickbait, and there's yeah. really nothing to it, eh. right? Well, maybe. I mean, I've seen Les Snead naked is is not probably going to be the same. <laughs> Seems like Make sure you save, well, save that for a drop. Bowl, and that, may change. <laughs> that can sort of be in parentheses. Look at him. Look okay. at the it's bubble. The cut, bubble over his head is, The bubble over his head is. Artist, you've seriously? lost control. Okay? <laughs> Just you so you know. Did you think there was going to be institutional yeah. control? Artist Twyman, our PR director. <laughs> uh, Les Snead, thank you very much. Good luck this season. Kara, you're the best. We love you. No, you guys are the best. Thanks. You. Enjoyed it. Wow. Thank you. What a love fest. What a delightful couple, Greg. It's it's how everyone wants their marriage to be. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, it's a fascinating couple. It's like li- listening to her talk about like grilling him when he gets home yeah. from work is like an amazing. It's an amazing dynamic, and people, you know, maybe they're listening to this or they're thinking, oh, they're getting they're getting a little too close to the Rams, the team of around the <laughs> NFL. Like they're they're in the bag for the Rams. Well, That's we are. True. Hey. Go shut it. It's a, it's a good looking team. It's yeah, a good looking go couple. Go shut it. It's a it's a fun team. It's a fun team. They're in our backyard. And you said eat the, it. You say all right. Calm down. <laughs> the dynamic. It is fascinating because you have a one of the guys at the top of his sport in terms of management uh, for one of the better young teams in the NFL, and his wife is this extremely polished media personality. Who, it's like you're talking to him. And then you have her like offering almost analysis on his team, and she has the best source possible. Well, her husband, yeah, and it's kind of like a, a funny thing to to be in conversation with that type of tandem. And we were watching, you know, Les Snead provide the answer to Nanamik and Sue. It was very uh, buttoned up, and I thought, here, here it is, thirty five seconds. It's what I'm going to give everyone else. You'll wait and find out. And then she says, "Oh no, let's actually dig into the dinner we had with Sue and all the stuff that happened." And he's just looking at her like. Oh, the man. same look that we have when our <laughs> wives do something that we, we'd rather than not. Um, and be honest, Mark. Be 100% honest. I'm always honest, or if sometimes. So, if, some, if someone sent you a free copy of the Tom Brady Naked book, are you taking a look? Oh, I'd open it. I'd read it. I'd probably read it a second time, pass it on to a friend, then oh, ask, ask it. for it back. Read it or just gawk at it? Ya perv. I mean, I, you know, whatever. What a great setup Les Snead has. He reads books through osmosis through his wife and works out by osmosis through Sean McVay. He doesn't really have He's to do He's got to figure anything. it out. Yeah. I don't know if Les would be in for it, but we, we should try to set that thing up as a regular, as a regular segment. We should try it. Okay, up next, 
uh, is Dan Quinn of the Atlanta Falcons, their head coach, entering his fourth season. And you will notice that we spend eh, a good 30 to 40 percent complaining about how early in the morning it is, uh, <laughs> which yes speaks to us and that we're you know a bit amateur hour ultimately. But I mean, in our defense, it was early. I for the first time ever uh, on my way to the set, I was the first person at Starbucks. I waited for the door to open, and I got the first drink. How about that? I didn't think I'd ever be that guy. It's impressive. It shows. I think it shows that you're not an amateur. You're an absolute professional. So I have the Atlanta Falcons PR team and Dan Quinn to thank, thank for that momentous occasion in my life. Let's throw it to Mr. Quinn. All right, up next, he is the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, you know who it is. It's Dan Quinn. <laughs> well, I'm pumped <laughs> to be here with you guys today. Mm. I mean, this is the earliest you're going to hear electronic dancers. <laughs> or the latest. Right? Or the latest. <laughs> Full disclosure, by the way, we are recording this at 6.30 in the morning, uh, which vaguely ungodly. Who, who was behind this? Who scheduled this? Well, the scheduling, I got to say, is uh, a, a bit of mine. But, uh, for my, How the electronic you? dance music is uh, from my New Jersey background. Where you? If we go back to like season one of the Jersey Shore, will we see a youngish Dan Quinn? <laughs> no, I, I, I think I've outdated myself for that one. Um, you know, I was pre cell phones, Jersey Shore, uh, growing up. But uh, no, living there and, and growing up, uh, it was a blast. And uh, even in my hometown, you know, like uh, all the the youth coaches and you know, growing up there, like that's kind of where like my love of football began. Like watching the Giants and Bill Parcells and like that crew, like. That was a big deal for me, and you know, seeing that mm. group coming up, and like even where I grew up in Marstown, there were so many people, you know, that kind of you know helps you and backs you along the way, like youth coaches that you wouldn't know their names, but like had a huge impact, you know, on me early on. Is it a competition to kind of get that, you know, earliest possible interview? Because I, I saw Mike McCarthy on the way over here. He looked like he was already two or three interviews deep. He was <laughs> yeah. ahead of you. you he know, was I, up early. I did see him down here earlier, <laughs> so I was disappointed that uh, <laughs> you know we weren't able to get the earliest slot. But uh, no, it's just uh, it's a cool week this week, and. Uh, so having this experience and, and going through the whole thing, um, including the media this week, um, it's all part of it. So might as well, you know, kick some of it out early. That is, this is the first, we've done this podcast for five years. We've done like 650 episodes. This is the first thing we've ever done before the sun came up. But that's like, for us, it's like the biggest deal ever. We've been worried about this for days. But coach's life, this is, this is what it's about, right? All, all you ever hear about is, 5 a.m. I'm on the treadmill. 6 a.m. This is a normal day for Dan. We Quinn, clearly right? totally lack professionalism <laughs> that we're making the entire yeah. interview about that. Um, you know what? Like sometimes you need those little windows, and you guys know, like either whether it's working out or whatever it is. Sometimes those little windows of a half hour, 45 minutes, where like it's just your time. Uh, those are big ones because as a as a head coach, uh, you know, there's going to be things that come you know across your desk. You're like, where did that come from? Right. So uh, sometimes those uh, early mornings, uh, you know, they help. We just talked about the Andy Reid tree before we started here today. Who's someone, if you get into a jam outside of your organization, you got to pick up the phone, call a coach who's been through it. Who's the who's the top of your of your dial list to, to help you out? Yeah, backbone. Yeah, yeah, for me that would be uh, Pete Carroll. Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, it was my time in Seattle that uh, we just really connected. I had a blast coaching with him, but uh, that was and certainly you know through my first year. Uh, if there was stuff to come up, he would have been, you know, the guy and would still be uh, somebody say, hey, man, has this ever come up? Hmm. And, uh, you know, those are the moments, you know. And, Is he that willing to help the Falcons? Seems uh, like <laughs> <that might be. laughs> uh, for him, uh, oddly enough, just uh, the connection for there is deeper. And uh, I'm sure 
uh, he's one of those guys that uh, a lot of people you know feel like they could call and and you know hey i got this situation can we talk through it and uh i guess the second guy is mike tomlin he's somebody that uh, he and i've been connected for a long time my first year coaching was mike's senior year of playing and then uh after that year we coached together the next season um so we've been friends for you know 20 you know plus years and uh, just a really cool guy i like the idea of like the dark side of pete carroll who's this personable upbeat guy but you call him after taking the seahawks job and he's like lose this number you're now the enemy <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah he that didn't that happen way. yeah uh, okay. yeah he was pretty cool about that and uh you know certainly wasn't that way and, um guys who you have long time you know connections with you know it's past you know one game now that the week we're playing now like yeah we ain't calling each other that week so right. uh it just happens uh like this time of year or uh, we don't share draft stuff or evaluations on players, but uh, you know, getting back to if you had it, you know, something to come up, uh, he'd be the guy. Him, Mike Tomlin. You mentioned being a Giants fan growing up, and when I think of those teams, the first thing is defense. You started out 2016, the best offense maybe in history, in modern history, just putting up crazy points. But then last year, by the end of the year, you're a defense team. You're one of the fastest defenses in the league. Is that sort of the blueprint? You want to be a defense team? We just want to be a really good team, and uh, that's really where it comes down to. We don't want to be known, hey, this is just an offensive club or a defensive club, but just one that uh, really puts out, kicks ass, battles for one another. And so uh, we did add a number of guys defensively. So now I've always felt there can be like a big jump from a player from year one to year two, year two to year three. And we just so happened that we had a number of guys on the defensive side that were probably in years three or four and under. And uh, so – that connection, that plan. There was definitely some on-the-job training for some of them in 15 and 16. So now, um, as 17 was coming through, um, they were ready to flip and you know be the one that was uh, the hammer instead of the nail, so to speak. So we're looking forward to a number of these guys making another jump again. Wes mentioned Wes mentioned the offense and how incredible it was in 2016, 2017. Steve Sarkeesian replaces Kyle Shanahan, and offense not quite as explosive. Uh, my fantasy team. I waited for Matt Ryan to have s- statistical games like we he go. had in 2016. You're, you're not the first one to hear about this <laughs> fantasy team. So I was really upset about Matt Ryan's fantasy season last year. But my my point is, there was criticism around sure. the offense. It, was it always to you? It was going to take time to get maybe back to where you were in 2016. Well, I, I never you know had expectations. Okay, we can surpass what we were. Um, the things that I was pleased with, we were better on third down. Um, you know, the things that we weren't was we scoring. And uh, we've always had really good balance. That's really important to me. Uh, the run game, the play action, the keepers that goes with it. I would say probably the biggest disappointment we had was our turnover margin. One of the reasons I like that as a stat, uh, it's a team stat. It's not just you know the offense turning the ball over, but it's also the, to get in the plus and a turnover margin, you've got to create takeaways. So um, we've had a number of good explosive plays, but our scoring was down. And uh, as you go through the offseason to audit, you know, okay, what do we need to – tweak so to speak as we're going through it and that was a good part and fun part of this offseason but we've got some really explosive guys uh you know certainly led by matt uh he is a real competitor the guys are straight wolf in sheep's clothing you know like he yeah. loves to battle loves to fight so oh uh, we hear on the got parabolic got mic sometimes that matt ryan is <laughs> an intense competitor on the field <laughs> well he'd be I motivated by dance. too i didn't know there was a mic what's it called parabolic mic yeah that yeah. is new for me too yeah I, yeah he uh yeah he is uh yeah, if that mic really said everything, yeah. uh, it would be uh, definitely a show. And tell itself. them that it's cool. Me and him, they're cool. We're cool. It's just 
It was just a tough Would that be a motivator to find yeah. out that his, the Dan's fantasy results were not up to par? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll bring it up. Okay. Yeah, we'll see where it goes. Fire in the belly, man. <laughs> Is it possible to overpay for a franchise quarterback in the NFL? Mm. Uh, it would seem like, uh, you know, at that spot, um, it's almost like a whole nother, you know, cap is needed you know mm -hmm. for quarterbacks because um they're so unique in what they do and uh when you have one you know you how fortunate you are and so to, for us to have a guy like matt who not only is a really good player but like what a kick-ass competitor the right guy in the locker room so uh we're fortunate that he's right in the middle of it and uh you know the league you know in terms of the structure the way the cap set up to have you know opportunities not only to have him but guys you know to bring along with them um, i think they got it set up in the right way you, you're known you know for somewhat your your hip-hop playlists before the game which is almost it's a little condescending it's like wow hey a head coach actually knows hip-hop it's like you know the, this music isn't necessarily all that new it's like tupac and biggie you put yeah. on but what does yeah, it you're mean de definitely putting my age into it now you know my wheelhouse uh, of where i'm at but do you you kind of you you reside kind of in the epicenter right now of of hip-hop yeah. in, in america so like is that is that important to you are going you're you yeah, going really to like important. me are you like migos or gucci we, we are you're going and, out uh, we do um and it was really cool like even you know with the super bowl being in atlanta this year i think it was Bruno Mars, who had said, was it Bruno Mars who had said, you know, I hope they do something, you know, regarding, you know, all the artists that are from Atlanta and uh, not just hip hop, you know, but like Zach Brown is a huge Falcons fan. So like, you know, like where we're at, like obviously the hip hop world is big and like it's really cool how it started in Atlanta, you know, like from the club scene to how the music, you know, come through. So um, it is pretty cool. Like uh, living in Atlanta is a cool spot. Like football in our state is really important. And so high school ball, college ball, pro ball, uh, and then the music scene there, it's a, it's a pretty lit space you like, know, to live. It's cool. Like Mike Vick got a cameo in Atlanta. I feel like <laughs> you could work true. on that. You know what? Um, I wish I'd had it, you know, just a little shot at something. You know, that was <laughs> well, Mangini was in The Sopranos. Why you know can't what? you be yeah, on there that? Yeah, that's a good, you know, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. The Mangenius, I don't know, somebody's Tony in trouble. Said. Right. <laughs> All right, before we let you go, Dan, it is time uh, for our speed round. It's called 8 O'Clock Delight. Are you ready? It's a little early. Let's call it 6.30 Delight. You ready? I'm down with it. Go. Name a movie you've seen at least seven times. Forrest Gump. What does Dan Quinn get up to when it's time for a little me time? Mm. I'd have to say Tupac. Least enjoyable pay your dues task as a young coach in the league? Uh, I would say it wasn't in the league, but um, my second year coaching, I was at Virginia Military Institute. And back then, you had to bring the film to the airport. So driving from Lexington, Virginia, uh, the Roanoke Airport, <laughs> and uh, sometimes at like 4.30 a.m. we'd go, and uh, I remember telling my wife Stacey at the time, like, someday we're going to look back at this and remember <laughs> yeah. and, uh, where we didn't have to go to the Roanoke Airport. And, you know, and yeah, now here you are with us. Yeah. Like, you can look uh, back. I would have to say, it might not have been the NFL part, but uh, that was certainly one. Best stadium in the NFL besides your own? Besides Mercedes-Benz. Uh, for me, it's always been fun, you know, going back home, you know, up in New Jersey, you know, so I'd like to say, uh, because of family and friends, and for me, you know, growing up in New Jersey, and that's kind of like where my love of football began, I'd have to say, from a nostalgia standpoint, I'd like to the metal on. Speaking of the metal ends, best Springsteen song. Mmm. That's a cool one. I saw him for the first time last year, and uh, the amount of juice that he brings, uh, you know, at a concert, I was blown away. This is like lit from like the time one show, <laughs> the one song ends to the next one, like one, two, three, and right back to it again. So, no filibustering though. What is the best Springsteen song? Um, 
well, you're also going to date me back. Like, which is the best video? Um, <laughs> I'd have to, I mean, <sighs> Thunder Road. Classic. There you go. There you go. Can't argue with that. Dan Quinn, you've survived uh, the crucible that is <laughs> 630 Delight. Well, the uh, 630 Delight, let's see if somebody can top it. But, uh, yeah, really cool to be on with you guys. Right. Thanks, Dan. Best of luck to you in 2018. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks Dan. Dan. Thunder Road is an excellent Bruce Springsteen song. The definitive Springsteen song is Born to Run. Obviously, I would go west, and I know you're a Springsteen fan as well, uh, as most uh, white male sports writers are uh, in their uh, 30s, 40s, and 50s. But uh, Jungle Road would probably be my favorite Bruce song. Jungle Road is in the top 10, I think, of any great mm. Springsteen file. You got you to gotta have Jungle Road in there. Do you have a lot of more, more road songs? It's just Jungle and Thunder. A lot of road, bro. He wrote about cars a lot. He yeah. sung his cars. Racing and, in the streets. Cars and girls and factories closing. That, that basically makes up about Common 94%. Um, any other takeaways from uh, Dan Quinn? Wes and I, when we covered the Seahawks two years in a row in the Super Bowl, really fell for Dan Quinn. I mean, anyone that listened to those podcasts back then were, probably found us quite annoying in how much we liked Dan Quinn. But we promised to have beers with him or wanted to. That did not happen during this uh, interview. But I didn't hear you guys even ask. We didn't even ask. We, we, it was 6.30 in the morning. I was not really in the mood for a beer, to be honest with you. But he was a delightful conversationalist. Well, you can see when just his energy, and I think this is true of this is true. the media believes this, other coaches believe this, just like they like being around Dan, Dan Quinn because of his energy. You can see when he gets into an interview, for instance, with the Falcons, that you're like, I, I just got to give my team to this guy. I did want to ask him, because, you know, th these things go by quick, but he was a, a record-setting hammer-thrower at the collegiate level. He looks I, like it. I just wanted to know if that if that skill set still paid off in any way. Bit of a I missed mean, opportunity now that he's out of the room. Well, these interviews, you know, suddenly it's like, bang, we're out. He's leaving. <laughs> so, you know. All right, moving on. So thank you to Dan for joining us. Uh, a Super Bowl winning coach uh, for the Baltimore Ravens, John Harbaugh. We, we had a lot to talk about with John, who uh, the only guy that rolled in no entourage at all which I thought was kind of a Super confident move. in just coming in on his own. Not scared of us. Yeah. Sans Taraj. Yeah, I like that. Well done. <laughs> sure, sure. Why not? Uh, let's throw it to John Harbaugh. <laughs> All right, now it just got serious in Room 105, Suite 105, because we have a Super Bowl winning head coach. He is John Harbaugh of the Baltimore Ravens. This is his introduction music. John requested it. Oh, is that like a drum roll? What is that? Nice little EDM hit. Yeah, a little electronic music, a little dance yeah. music here. In your younger years, pre-family, did you ever have uh, like a club period where you like hitting the clubs? Uh, <laughs> no, we were never allowed in clubs. The Harbaugh's. It seems like we got banned from everything, <laughs> everywhere we were ever at. Is it all Jim's fault? Yeah, of course. <laughs> you got out of friends, you know. No, you can come, but don't bring your brother. <laughs> You're a veteran at these owner, owners' meetings. You kind of had the strategy that you came in as late as possible. Is that because you, you've done so many at this point? Probably, yeah. Come late, leave early, and uh, you know, and keep a low profile. Don't be seen. <laughs> How would you guys find me? <laughs> we have our sources. We have the tentacles with the shield on our side. That's how we track down John. I mean, it's an interesting time for the Baltimore Ravens, right? I mean, the, uh, three years without the playoffs, we've been we've gotten used to the Ravens always being in the mix. And is there in the organization and for you just like a sense of pressure as we head into 2018 to to end that uh, dry spell? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, we. I mean, you want to make the playoffs. We want to be relevant. You know, we're not too happy with the fact that we're not in there. You know, and 
I uh, thought we were in there last year, you know, and obviously you get you get your heart broken. This is a this is a great thing about about the NFL, about sports. It's drama, you know, and uh, you never know what's going to happen next, and any crazy thing can happen. And I think that's why it's uh, you know people watch it. But you know, it can be it can be the incredible happy joy high. I was at the Super Bowl. I was rooting for the Eagles. You know, I'd coached there for ten years and mm-hmm. pretty much know everybody in the organization. And man, I was I felt like I was as happy as they were. You know, you get that not not quite, yeah. <laughs> I'm not as quite as happy as I was in 2012, <laughs> but uh, but happy. You know, and then you have uh, you know like us, and we fought our way and clawed our way back into the thing this year. And then we got knocked out right then. And, so. and you're referring to the Week 17 loss to Cincinnati. And is it extra annoying? Obviously, a painful loss. But then, and not, not that the Bills are doing anything wrong. But then that becoming the big news story that following that the next couple of days, them celebrating as, after the Andy Dalton touchdown. That probably was unnecessary at that point. Well, it probably would have been if I'd have watched it or paid yeah. attention to it. But I made a point not to. You know, I kind of shuttered the, you know, closed the doors, pulled the blinds down, and. Didn't read it or uh, listen to anything for a while. You mentioned I you still were... haven't seen any of their celebrations. Did they celebrate? <laughs> it was, yeah. Yeah, they were happy. It was they nice they deserved it. You know, the I, city deserved it. I yeah. didn't notice. You, you <laughs> mentioned you were in Philadelphia and you were inter- enjoying that game, you know, considering your time with Andy Reid. We talked to you know, Andy earlier. Like, what, what kind of influence, even just seeing, like, that Eagles win, do you think he sort of had a part in that Eagles win and just the influence kind of that he's had – throughout the league the godfather i do yeah he is and i yeah i do feel that way i mean i feel like uh i kind of feel like the eagles are, are, are kind of back to their roots now you know um andy's first year you know doug was the quarter the backup quarterback he was my holder and uh you know all the coaches that were there and i think there's i just feel like uh you know with, with jeffrey and how he's been there forever and i just feel like it's kind of the way the eagles are supposed to be and to see them have that success and to have it kind of flow back around through Andy is, is very appropriate for you guys to notice that. I mean, all of us who are part of that, I know we feel that way, you know, so you feel like, you, you know, you want to have a little stake in it probably. Maybe they don't feel that way, but I think they do. I, I think that uh, it really, and it really, if you're honest about it, it goes back to Jeffrey. I mean, Jeff Laurie is the owner. He's the leader, and uh, he's built that, you know, and uh, and uh, it's it's pretty, pretty awesome to see it all come together for him this year. Something I've always wanted to ask, because we were at the Super Bowl, you won, incredible game. But when the Humble lights brag, went Mark. out, well, yes, it was my job, as is. <laughs> but when the lights went out, what was the first thing that went through your mind? Hmm. I remember my wife was down in the stands, and I'm thinking, what on earth is happening in this building? Did you have more knowledge uh, that that could happen? <laughs> I mean, I don't. It's well, I heard the story. I heard the story. <laughs> I heard the story the next morning that they talked about some switch, some switching station outside the stadium. Right. You know, I, I was a little skeptical. Well, your boy Ray Lewis, he, he's on record saying it's a conspiracy yeah. designed to let San Francisco back, get back in that game. I, I you know, I, I, my first thought was like maybe it was like some kind of attack. You know, that's mm-hmm. your first thought. You know, and I didn't, I don't know that I thought of that. Someone might have said that to me. You know, and I'm like, oh man, you know, we're kind of exposed out here. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, now, really, you, you really, in, in just being straight up, you really, it's just kind of like another thing, another obstacle. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. What the heck's going on? This has never happened before. This is ridiculous. It's not really what you think about. What you really think about in that as a head coach is how are we going to deal with this, you know? How are we going to have our guys ready? Unfortunately, we didn't do a very good job, you know, because we were up 28-6 to six and they came roaring mm. back. Um, you know, they got their guys more ready, you know. we were. I was over there on the sideline, and toward the end of the whole deal, they were trying to tell me that my coaches weren't going to be able to go back up to the press box or something. 
you know, I'm like, well, you know, it, it's like, well, I'm going to tell you how it's going to go here. You know, we're going to play when we're ready to play, and it's not going to be mm. before our coaches in the press box. And there's nothing you're going to do about it. We're going to, you know, throw the flag. You're going to call the game? I don't think so, you know. Yeah. So that was kind of – I got to yell to the one guy, Mike. Mike Kensel, <laughs> by the way, he was became a local legend in New York City, right? Mm, Everybody yeah. knows him. He says when he goes to the 7-Eleven. So <laughs> we laugh about it now. But it was crazy. Then I look out there and I see my brothers in the huddle with Cap calling the play. You know, it's like – I don't think he's allowed to be out there on the field right now, you know. It doesn't surprise me that he's out there, but but it, it was it's just pretty cool the way the whole thing, you look back on it now, and I think even Jim feels that way, you know. It was a pretty amazing deal. Did, did you ever get like a, you know, the, one of the guys that came back, that helped uh, the 49ers come back in the game, Michael Crabtree, yeah. now playing for you? Like what kind of like special intel do you get from your brother when you're possibly signing you know, one of those guys? Oh, he told me to sign him, man. He loved him. Yeah, I talked to Jim about him. He's like, he's like Crab is a man. You know, he's tough. He's rough. He's he's hard-nosed. You know, you want this guy on your team. He, he loves Crab. He once he, claimed that Crabtree has the best hands ever. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm all for it, man. We need guys that can catch. I mean, yeah. you know, that's the last time I checked. Isn't that the main, like, yeah. trait one of a of wide receiver? That would be. Yeah. That would know, be behind catch, the list. Catch yeah. the ball well. You are steeped in special teams knowledge, so you can speak with authority on this subject. Has anyone ever had a better two-year kicking window than Justin Tucker? Mm, just just no, have. No, nobody ever has. You know, the funny thing about Justin, it's not just the stats. And, you know, I had a great kicker, we, Andy, David Akers, okay? So yes. one time I thought David Akers was a machine, and he was. And Tuck, and, and Ake comes to our training camp, and he actually works with Tuck sometimes, and he's, he's amazed by, by, by Tuck, you know. It's not just the fact that he makes every kick. He makes every kick in practice. You know, and we just like the rare time he misses. It's like we just love it because he's such a good guy and he's not going guy, but he's such a perfectionist. Like singing and everything else, right. he, he's perfect at everything. This guy does nothing wrong. Hmm. He's perfect, and you Hopper can ask singer. him about that. He'll he'll probably tell that to you too. Yeah, he's so a <laughs> kicker yeah, as well. He's, perfectly humble. Yeah, yeah but he's a yeah totally major confident guy. So uh, when he does miss in practice, led by Terrell Suggs, you know, is a chorus of. We just all really appreciate the fact that he's not actually yeah. perfect at everything. Right. Dan is always making the case there is no one in the league he would trade Justin Tucker for. That That is Dan's number yeah, one I'm, guy. I'm, points. I'm like the biggest Justin Tucker fan in America. Well, you're probably ahead of me. <laughs> but it True, might be close. but my, my daughter, I tell you, all the, all, the, all, the, all the Baltimore girl fans, you know, the teenage girls, mm. it's probably even bigger than you and I. Man, Justin Tucker figured it out. There you go. <laughs> he's got it done. He did it. He's one the of, kicker who did it. What, one thing I wanted to ask you is that you're one of those coaches I feel like has a lot to say at these owner meetings that you speak up like there's a you know the rules are being talked about and i feel like you have opinions you have feelings on those rules and you let them know well they spoke to me about that so i've oh really <laughs> that's why i think i've been muzzled late and leaving early <laughs> that's right um all right so this is the part of the uh interview i call the crucible it's the speed round it's called eight o'clock delight are you ready i'm so bad at this stuff <laughs> right well it won't be too painful, or maybe it will. Let's hit it. Netflix and chill, or dinner and a movie. Netflix and chill. Favorite, Love Netflix. Favorite hip hop artist. I don't know any. Okay. Best Seagal movie. I've never seen any. How dare you? Hot tub. <laughs> uh, hot tub. Relaxing bliss or cesspools of filth. Cesspools of filth, actually. <laughs> I think that's true. Greatest SNL cast member of all time. John Belushi. What's one thing most people don't know about your quarterback? <laughs> uh, he's really opinionated. Hmm. Do you that believe that? It's yeah. true. If you say so, I believe yeah. it. 
<laughs> uh, speaking of rules and stuff, did they fix the catch rule? This, this proposed? They page? did. They did. It's not perfect, but it never can be. Is this the new muzzle, Harbaugh? <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> uh, did Oswald act alone? Yes. <laughs> Have you ever seen a ghost? No, I don't believe in ghosts. You know, Sessler is a major uh, Oswald conspiracy guy. You and Michael I'm Lombardi. also a Browns fan, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, uh, and Mike, you and Michael Lombardi. I, I, I'm worried about the grassy knoll just a little bit. Some, there might have been something over there on the grassy knoll. I'm with you on the grassy knoll side. Yeah. The greatest generation, accurate nickname or needlessly braggy? <laughs> accurate nickname. Is there intelligent <laughs> oh, yeah. life beyond this planet? Yeah, it's spiritual, though. Uh, best Tom Petty song? I Won't Back Down. Mm. Ooh, that's very good. Can the, very good. Can the coolest guy on the team be a kicker? Uh, it is. It's proven. <laughs> Adam Gase said no with authority on that one. He doesn't have Tucker. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> talking about. Uh, John Harbaugh, best of luck to you in the 2018 season. We will be watching. Yeah. Thanks, guys. You guys are great. Thanks, Appreciate John. It. Appreciate it, John. There you go, John Harbaugh. And uh, I like the idea that, that Justin Tucker is just a guy that everybody wants to see fail. Uh, because he's he's perfect, which isn't a surprise to me. My goal one day is that the Ravens go an entire season and only Justin Tucker scores. That's my goal. <laughs> they, they've been getting they got closer to that they goal are. last year. I feel like they're <laughs> seems they're, achievable. It's almost happening, and that might be why they end up drafting a quarterback in this draft. Uh, but we shall see. Any other takeaways from Mr. Harbaugh? I had promised at one point to gift Wesleyan uh, a train system from L.A. to Tybee Island called the Mouser. And to fund it, we would melt down the Baltimore Ravens to pay for it. I have to say, I still like the idea, but um, it, it was a little tougher to comprehend after hanging out with John Harbaugh because, you know, another um, signal that we are very easily impressionable, I started to like him and feel a little less angst towards the Ravens mm. coming out of it. Between that and you forgiving Art Modell, it's, <laughs> it's been an off-season. I'm halfway to of, Baltimore. It's been an off-season of healing for Mark and the Ravens. And you know why it is? Because Mark thinks the Browns are on the right path. He won't say it, but he feels like things are going better for the Brownies, and he could start letting go. Of the this pain. is ultra projection. I don't feel any of these. <laughs> well, there's <laughs> only one direction they can go. Is that a 0-16, Dave? Yeah. 1-31, in 30, <laughs> however you want to take it. 1-31, 0-16, take your pick. 1-47. Uh, if you, <laughs> that's true too. How, how deep do I don't we go? like that. I don't like that at if all. If you are an entrepreneur, a small business owner, or even if you have a side gig, <laughs> let me introduce you to Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. Grasshopper lets you run your business from your cell phone while keeping your business and personal lives separate. Choose from their huge, mm. huge warehouses. Almost. Inventory mm. of local toll-free toll <laughs> or vanity toll-free numbers. Simply forward your new number to your mobile phone and start taking calls immediately. Whether you are in an office, in your car, or out running errands, Grasshopper's iPhone and Android apps help you stay connected to your customers. Um, it's great. I mean, come on. Come on, bro. Uh, you can also send and receive calls and texts from your business phone number. Set up multiple extensions for everyone on your team. Get your voicemails transcribed and emailed to you. Oh, my goodness. What, like a, what a party. Better yet, Grasshopper offers an easy and instant setup and 24-7 customer support, all without any long-term contracts. Grasshopper. Sign up today. Go to grasshopper.com slash around <laughs> to get $20 off your first month. That's grasshopper.com slash around. All right. That's it for... Tuesday. Do you have a hard time keeping track of all the <laughs> nonsensical voice bits? That you have? Obviously not. It's all yeah, up there somewhere. I think all the all the like 
shittiness and math has paid off with like opening up RAM space for bits and other types I of voices. I think, I think Bully Grasshopper is one of my favorite um, bits now. <laughs> Whatever that guy was, yeah, he's just sort of like a bullyish, a, bull, a bullyish grasshopper. It's like, what, what you walking around, you little ant, you little spider? I'm a grasshopper. You can't jump like me, bro. Oh my god, we gotta get out of here. Uh, uh, next time you hear from us, we'll be back in the studio in Culver City, God willing. Uh, but we will also have more great uh, content uh, that we collected here. Um, we're gonna hear from. Uh, Tony Khan of the Jaguars, and, and of course, Andy Reid uh, of the Kansas City Chiefs, who uh, was a real peach, Andy Reid. It was great talking to him, the godfather. Uh, so that's coming up Thursday. Thank you uh, for listening. Uh, and uh, now it's time, Mark and Wes, especially Wes and Greg. Let's get a little shut-eye. Yeah, let's do it. Let's get a little shut-eye. Time to go. Time for a rest. Or maybe get by the pool. Take that shirt off, Mark. Stan Hansis, signing off for the Quiet Storm. The old boss, the mailman, and Lindsey Fulton on the table. Till Thursday. Take your shirt off. <laughs> yeah, usually wait till the show's over. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.